0: Hey, my name is Bradley Patton. I serve here on our staff team as care minister, which means I oversee pastoral care. Uh, Everything from premarital counseling and weddings, hospitalizations and funerals, support and recovery groups, encouragement and prayer emphases. So if you find yourself in need of pastoral care or, uh, or anything, our church wants to care well for you. So I hope that you'll reach out. It would be Uh, our deep joy and privilege to listen and comfort, encourage, bear a burden alongside of you. Or, uh, if you'd like to leverage your own experience in caring for others, uh, I'd love to talk with you too. And and before we start, I also just want to say thanks for listening to this four-part series guiding us through Christmas at Shades. Your time is valuable, and there are no shortage of podcasts to which you could give your attention, So, thanks. Thanks for spending a little time with us. You know, there's no time of year quite like the Advent and Christmas season. I recognize there's some debate on this, but the first Sunday after Thanksgiving, I'm all in. It's the best. The tree gets picked, the lights go up, the Christmas music starts blasting, and anticipation grows. There is literally no other time of year when waiting is celebrated, but it's during the buildup to Christmas. It's, it's celebrated. It's good to wait and to anticipate. And, you know, I actually think that's a really good habit for us to practice. And I actually think believers should lead the way in this, this posture of waiting because the church always lives in a posture of waiting. You know, in in our culture, there are only two options. You're either behind the times or you're ahead of your time. But the Christmas season tells us there is a third way to live. And this third way is the season that the church has always inhabited. We're neither behind the times or ahead of our time. We actually live between the times. And isn't, the, isn't part of Christmas, part of the delight of the holidays, is that all of the warm memories from years past nurture our hope for what this Christmas is going to bring. The past shapes our expectations and hopes for the future. And that's the gospel reality that believers live in every day. Christmas reminds us of the already of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, and it points forward to the not yet of his second coming. I I think it's captured beautifully in the opening lines of the hymn, O Holy Night, which says this, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared, and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Christmas is about the thrill of hope, which is the magnificent news that Jesus Christ has broken into our pining, sinful, and errant world, bringing the hope of a new and glorious day. It's about a past event which shapes our future hope. But we still live between the times in a weary world, burdened by sin and loss. And even in the delight and joy and anticipation of Christmas, there are some around us and among us whose warm memories of Christmas's past are actually painful this year because someone who's always been present in those memories will not be around the tree or the table this year. What hope is there for those who languish under the wearying weight of grief and disappointment? What hope is there? I think this is the question that's a beautiful invitation for believers to lean into our posture of waiting as we live between the times. Christmas reminds us that we really do have a miraculous hope for a pining world. We really do have good news of great joy for sinners and sufferers. The gospel speaks freedom and forgiveness from sin. It speaks comfort and hope for suffering. And I want to show you this from a little prayer hidden away in 2 Thessalonians. I would be willing to bet 2 Thessalonians doesn't get much traction in your Bible. It's just kind of tucked away there in the middle of Paul's letters. And the Thessalonians are experiencing the pain of life in a broken world. They're suffering under persecutions and afflictions. There's a lot of confusion and alarm about the hope of Christ's second coming. So Paul wrote with encouragement and comfort and instruction for how to live well amid sin and suffering. Here's what he prays for the church in 2 Thessalonians two sixteen and 17. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Those two verses are so striking to me. What hope is there for a world marked by sin and suffering? What hope is there for those among us who even amid the joy and delight of Christmas feel the twinge of grief? Paul says, the Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father will comfort and establish our hearts. I don't know about you. I... Need to be reminded that the gospel doesn't just offer us a vague comfort. It's personal. Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, they quiet, calm, and steady our hearts. How can they do this? Why can they? comfort us. Because the triune God loves us and Christmas proves it. God so loved the world that he sent his son. That's Christmas. That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That's hope and comfort. As Second Thessalonians says, God loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace. Because of God's grace, we have eternal comfort and good hope. Are you you catching the reality of what this text is saying? The first Christmas changed everything, and it continues to shape our hope for the future. It really is a miraculous hope. And it's all because of God's eternal purpose to graciously do for humanity what we could never do for ourselves. And I find it interesting too that Paul doesn't just say that God gave us hope and comfort. He's specific. God gave us eternal comfort and good hope. Because biblical hope is always grounded in God's own character, God's own action in the world. Hope is a restful confidence in who God is and what he's done. And Christmas reminds us that in Jesus Christ, we have a Savior who entered into the sin and brokenness of this weary world bringing a new and glorious morning full of eternal comfort and good hope so this Christmas let's lean into this season of waiting between the times because there still remains the thrill of miraculous hope I also want to recognize, even amidst the joy, the delight, the anticipation of Christmas, that you, yourself, might really be dreading the pain of loss or the obvious absence of someone who will not be around the tree or the table. And I want to point you and invite you specifically to our holiday remembrance service, at 6 p.m. on December 17th. This, this is a simple but meaningful time of worship for those in our church who've lost a loved one this year or want to remember someone you've lost previously. As you remember, grieve, hope this Christmas, we trust, yes, that, that Jesus Christ himself will comfort you. But we also want you to know that you don't grieve alone. There's a a place, there's a service where you can find community, where you can find camaraderie, where you can find others and see for yourself that you're not walking through this alone. We will sing a few songs. We will light a candle in memory of our loved one. We'll hear a word of comfort from God's word. So I invite you, come with your family invite a friend. We do ask that you would register online. Tell us who you're remembering. And you can do that at shades.org events. And again, this holiday remembrance service is December 17th at 6 p.m. in the Conference Center. Let's remember our loved ones and look to Jesus together, trusting that we will find eternal comfort and good hope through grace.